it's time for St. Peter's Better Health Update, brought to you by St. Peter's Healthcare System, treating you better for life. Here's Bill Klaproth. No medical diagnosis is more frightening for a parent than those chilling words that your child has cancer. But there is hope, hope in the form of and ever new and effective treatments for all manner of childhood cancers, including those of the brain, the blood, and other parts of the body. Dr. Stanley Calderwood, Chief of Pediatric Hematology and Oncology in St. Peter's Healthcare System in New Brunswick, New Jersey, is an expert in the care of children with cancer. He joins us to talk about some of those latest techniques and the prospects for families confronted by cancer. Dr. Calderwood, thanks so much for being on with us today. So what are the most common forms of cancer among infants, children, and teens? Well, you're welcome, Bill. It's a pleasure to be on the show. And, uh, you know, childhood cancer is an ever-changing landscape. Uh, the, more, the most common malignancy we see in childhood is leukemia, which really is, a, you know, a cancer of the blood-forming elements and uh, uh, you know, over the last uh, several decades, we've had very dramatic uh, improvements in, in treatments and survival for leukemia so that uh, almost all kids in subse- some subsets of leukemia are now looking at about 90% survivals. Um, you know, in kids younger than a year of age, brain tumors are actually even more common than leukemia, and we still have a lot of work to do to uh, cure brain tumors. And throughout childhood, there are various types of solid tumors that we can see, uh, tumors of the kidney, the liver, the nervous system. In adolescents and young adults, we see a lot of uh, lymphoma and bone tumors and muscle tumors. And we're making slow but steady progress in all of those fields. Are these cancers on the rise, or do you see a decline over time? Well, the data from the... uh, national registries would suggest that there actually is a slight increase in the incidence of cancer over the last several decades. We don't really know the reasons for that. Um, Some of them are, you know, we've identified, for example, that um, children who have been extremely premature at birth and are now surviving longer, for example, may have a a higher risk of certain tumors like uh, liver tumors, Uh, Children who have been exposed to various environmental agents, uh, viruses, and so on, are are more prone. So it does look like over the course of time there is a slight increase in incidence uh, or or, or occurrence of tumors. On the other hand, uh, treatments are getting dramatically better, so death rates from childhood cancers have been dropping dramatically. Um, In fact, if you look through... Uh, starting about 1960 through the ni- 1990s, a very dramatic annual uh, decrease in the mortality rate in childhood from cancer, um, uh, 5 or 10% per year. So uh, unfortunately, though, since about 2000, the end of the 1990s, that rate of uh, improvement has dramatically declined. So we're looking at about a 2% per year decrease in, tre- in uh, mortality rates from cancer. And and, and uh, so we have a lot of challenges still to, to face and uh, um, uh, a lot of research going on to help us understand what's, what's behind that uh, decline and maybe some new therapies coming down the pipe that, uh, that'll be helpful. So you mentioned 90% survival rate on leukemia. I mean, that sounds like good news to me. It sounds like you know, the, the war, you're winning the war uh, you know, to a certain extent. 
Yeah. So I think when you look at survival rates in pediatric cancer starting in around the 1960s and then through the rest of the 1900s and uh, maybe into the year 2000, um, the standards of therapy were combinations of surgery, radiation, and chemotherapy. And we've, I think, learned how to use those tools optimally, and those tools are sufficient for curing the majority of children, but there's still 10 to 20% of kids, um, and in some disease types like infant brain tumors, a much higher percentage where those standard tools are not doing the job. And I don't think that, uh, that you know, revising um, chemotherapy protocols or uh, surgery treatments or radiation are going to dramatically improve that. So what we need is new um, types of therapy and uh, certainly, there's a lot of things coming online that uh, we're very excited about, uh, so-called small molecule inhibitors, uh, immunotherapies, and then proton beam as a new type of uh, treatment that uh, may all be uh, helping to uh, um, to get that decline in the annual mortality rate to a level where hopefully within the next 10 or 20 years we're uh, uh, able to offer a cure to almost any child or every child who develops a develops cancer. So we hear a lot about proton therapy, speaking of these kind of breakthrough treatments, and has been talked about as a safer, more effective method of battling cancer. Can you tell us what proton therapy is? So uh, protons are are charged particles. I I think if we start with conventional radiation as a a sort of a a lead-in point, conventional radiation, you might think of it as something like a laser beam where the beam leaves the gun, it has energy and basically that declines the farther it goes away from the gun. But if you're aiming at, say, for example, at a tumor in the middle of the head, there's going to be a certain amount of uh, energy that hits the skin, the skull, the normal brain in front of the tumor and on the other side of the tumor. Um, And so there's a lot more collateral damage uh, with radiation. And we've tried to get around that maybe by for example, splitting the radiation beam into you know into a number of different beams from different angles that overlap at the tumor, but there's always going to be some surrounding uh, tissue, uh, normal healthy tissue damage. Um, the protons are are different. They're more like bombers. So when they leave the airfield, they don't drop their payload or discharge their energy until get to the target. Uh, so the the advantage to that is that there's a lot less collateral damage. Now, you know, we're getting very tight fields around the tumor um, so that the healthy structures in front of and behind the tumor uh, are are not exposed to quite as much, um, you know, damaging uh, energy. So you're really um, able to really pinpoint the tumor with proton therapy? pinpoint the tumor and target the tumor specifically. So it's not like the tumor is in the path of the radiation beam, but the tumor is actually the target of the proton particle beam. So so um, I think what we're finding, especially in younger children and especially in children who have brain tumors where the damage from conventional radiation has sometimes been uh, unacceptable um, and has not allowed us to use that modality, um, or that form of treatment, then with the proton beam radiation, uh, we're able to use um, use that uh, that form of treatment in in younger children and spare you know vital surrounding structures, so uh, less impact on 
uh, on their growth and development, less impact on uh, their hearing and uh, school performance and, and, and things of that nature. Certainly a worthwhile breakthrough and sounds like an important developing tool in the war against cancer. And doctor, can you talk about the physical effects of cancer treatments? So we're talking about treatments and what sort of therapies are recommended and available to ease you know, the physical ill effects of the, the cancer treatments? Yeah. So I think we can think of the side effects of treatment as being those that children experience immediately and things that can occur much later on in life, the sort of late effects of the treatment. The immediate side effects are the things that um, most people are very well aware of, you know, the hair loss, the nausea and vomiting, the mouth sores, uh, changes on the skin, um, decreased blood counts, so there's a need for transfusion and platelet support and uh, and an increased risk of infection. So, uh, you know, we have been using chemotherapy for... Uh, you know, three or four decades now. So we've got very good. We've gotten very good at uh, at controlling those side effects. There's uh, very good anti-emetic medications that can prevent nausea and vomiting in most children. There are growth factors that help the marrow to recover and then reduce the risk of infection. There's uh, blood and platelet transfusion and other forms of supportive care that really, really make chemotherapy much more tolerable. So the uh, you know, the, the misery that kids go through during the course of their treatment is now substantially reduced from where it was, say, even a decade ago. Very good news. Um, Excellent yeah. news. And so let's talk about the mental uh, effects of cancer. I mean, cancer is traumatic for anyone, but I would imagine yeah. it's especially traumatic for children. Are there cancer support groups available for kids and their parents? Yeah, you know, I I, I think... Trying to imagine the impact of a diagnosis of cancer on a child uh, is very difficult. Um, there's the loss of autonomy. Uh, there's the change in body image with hair loss and mouth sores and nausea and vomiting. There's the isolation from peer groups. You know, parents and doctors are uh, appropriately concerned about things like uh, increased infection risk, so kids often end up isolated and out of school and out of their usual activities, and it's it's really just devastating. And um, a child uh, impacts on the whole family. The whole family structure has to change. Maybe mom or dad need to start taking time off work to be with the child, and it impacts a whole community. You know, um, that family is part of a community. The community is touched with the cancer, and uh, schools and parents at the schools become concerned. Could their child get this um, if they come in contact? So there's a whole a whole range of psychosocial impacts that are, are very hard to gauge. So I personally think that every child who's diagnosed with cancer needs to be evaluated by a psychosocial uh, supportive care and counseling team. Um, at St. Peter's, we have a program called New Visions, which is uh, headed by our uh, clinical social worker, um, Irina Mariano Brown. So we do an evaluation in all children. And, you know, families have different coping skills. They have different uh, abilities to adapt to situations. So some just need, you know, a little touch base and is everything fine? Is there anything we can do? And other families need a great deal more uh, support and intervention. And I think... Uh, um, we try very hard to uh, uh, to address that whole uh, that whole dynamic that the child and the family are going through after so there is, of cancer. 
So there is support then, support groups, and it's something you would recommend, depending yes, on the absolutely. level of, of care or treatment the family may need. I Dr. So. Calderwood, you know, uh, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Uh, what I was going to say is I, I, I believe that most pediatric oncology centers have that uh, sort of written in. Uh, at St. Peter's, we have a, a program called New Visions, which really tries to uh, emphasize those psychosocial aspects of, uh, of the care of a child with cancer, which are really critical to adaptation and cure and ultimately, you know, happiness and uh, adjustment to society. And those are things that we really have to be concerned about. Dr. Calderwood, last question. What's your best advice then for a parent who has a child with cancer? Uh, my best advice is uh, if you don't understand what's going on, make sure you pin your doctor down and talk with him and talk until you do understand what's going on. And your child, no matter what they're expressing, is going to be experiencing some, some upset and probably having your child at least talk with a social worker, psychologist, and maybe uh, make sure that they have an opportunity to deal with the with the grief and stress that they're going through with the loss of autonomy, uh, you know, removal from their usual roles, and uh, I, I just can't overestimate the impact of those things on uh, on a child. So uh, the help is there. Get it if you need it. Absolutely, Dr. Calderwood. Thank you so much. I can't imagine anything more heartbreaking than having to. Uh, have a child with cancer and luckily we have people like you on the case uh, to help us through it so thank you so much for your time today for more information please visit stpetershcs.com that's stpetershcs.com i'm bill clapperot this is st peter's better health update thanks for listening